Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the Arcadian Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Good. Hey, man. Did you get that shipment of CBD pills I sent you? Yeah, man. I'm trying them right now. Can you tell? No. I've been popping them all day, and I don't think they work, man. Yeah, I don't think they work either. Maybe we should just stick to alcohol. Definitely stick to alcohol. <laughs> ah. uh, you get a new mic and you just decide to have fun with it, huh? That's right. That's right. I got a, I got a brand new microphone, more attuned to my obnoxious voice and my yelling. Uh, I'm going to try not to, to uh, you know, max out anybody's earphones, earbuds, earphones. I don't know what they're called. The things that you stick in your ears and they make sound. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, how you doing? For real? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing good. I'm. I guess I'm living the Arcadian life right now. You know, mm-hmm. not a whole lot That's going right. on. Not a lot going on. I mean, I hear there's stuff going on over in football land. There is. There is. In um, fact, that's what's keeping me going right now because the Giants uh, certainly are kind of in hibernation at this point. Yeah, yeah. I know that the I know that the uh, the Warriors are doing their best impersonation of the 2022 San Francisco Giants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I also know that the Sharks. I mean, well, we probably even, shouldn't even talk about them. The Sharks are doing their best impersonation of the uh, Colorado Rockies. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's too bad. My condolences no. to the Sharks fans. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think the Sharks are actually trying, unlike the Rockies. Is that, uh, is that better? <laughs> you know what? I don't know, man. I don't actually, now that I think about it, I don't know. I think I'd rather be a Rockies fan. Just, you know, just show up. Yeah, it's a great Not place really, to watch a game. Know, I've watched a game, of course. It's, it's yeah. 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 Have some fun. Occasionally, yeah. It's like, oh, look, there's baseball going on out there. That's right. There's some good restaurants around the ballpark. You just go and eat afterwards, have a few drinks, make an yeah, experience. You know, I've never actually been to Denver outside of their airport. Yeah. So I've never been to Colorado outside of the airport. Oh, well, Maybe yeah, I well, should get that done. You should. You know, I happened to marry someone from Colorado, so it made it a little easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that kind of that helps. Um, well, Matthew, I have a question for you. Okay. You ready? I am. I'm ready. Lay it on me. Okay. Are we living in a simulation? Why you got to ask questions like that? Because <laughs> it's not like I'm going to like just answer it now and forget about this. I'm going to be lying in bed at like two in the morning going, is this a simulation? Staring like, at like, the ceiling. Yeah. Like, like, could someone just turn it off right now and I'd be done? And or ha- am I have is this like the hundredth simulation simulation of my life? Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Very well could be, Ben. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think that we are actually in like a fictional story. You know, like like a like think about like a holodeck. You know, you ever watch Star Trek? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a it's like a story in the holodeck, and we're just like NPCs, and the main characters like on the other side of the planet, but the simulation is just so good and so accurate that we're just there hanging out. Hmm. I always think about what if we're like a molecule on like some some celestial like being's big toe, and Mm. and that we're Mm. cancerous. And that we're going to kill the, the the organism that we're living in, right? Right. Unless unless he has surgery and we get cut off and then we just die. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, <laughs> January twenty fifth, as we record this podcast. Um, the San Francisco Giants still exist, I think. Allegedly. Um, yeah. yeah. And and baseball is still a thing. I it feels like it feels like nothing happened Matthew in the whole world of baseball well except for something kind of important I guess. Yeah, we're talking a little about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's right. The Hall of Fame. Uh the Hall, Hall of Fame voting of happened. Saints. Yeah, the Hall of only good righteous people. Exactly. The Hall of right. only people that we like. That's right. The the yeah. The Hall of People Selected by Holier-Than-Thou Reporters. Uh, yeah, so so that happened. Um, so we're gonna definitely, definitely going to talk about that. Uh, what else didn't happen? Um, I don't think the Giants made any changes to their roster this week. No, I think Farhan's on vacation. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's for the best, really. Yeah. You know, it's, it's everything's done now. He's got to get ready for, for the season, so he's taking a little R&R. Right, maybe he drove right. up the coast. You know, maybe staying in Fort Bragg. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, but you know what that means is that we can actually take a look at the roster and and ask the question, are the Giants really as bad as Ben thinks they are? <laughs> oh, let's ask that question. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I'm 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 a little bit worried that that the answer is is no. <laughs> I mean the answer is yes. They are as bad as Ben thinks they are. <laughs> that's that's my primary concern. Um but anyway, before we get to all of that, we need to talk about our cocktails. Actually Bob. No? no. Oh 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 that's right. We forgot. That's right, I forgot. You forgot, Mr. Host. I forgot. We have our, our new feature breaking out the quiz. For the third time. Uh, And the quiz question this week, Ben. Who is the only person ever to play for both the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco 49ers? And a follow-up question to that. It's a two-part question. Which legendary athlete also helped the Giants win the National League pennant in 1912? So two-part question, mainly because... We're football. It's football time right now. I mean, I think everybody in the Bay Area, at least a lot of us, are, are avidly watching the 49ers. And I thought I would uh, just bring in a little bit of that uh, since it seemed appropriate. Uh, my cocktail today is also you kind of kind of celebrate the mm. 49ers. So just today's a 49er theme day. You know, when there's not a whole lot of sure. Giants talk going on, got you got to you got to stretch stretch your uh, your your reach a little bit. Right. Right. 
Right. And who are the 49ers again? They're a football team that actually mm. called the San Francisco 49ers, but they play in Santa Clara. Right. Football's that sport where the guys run around kicking the ball. Yeah, in tight pants. Into the into, mm-hmm. into the big into the big squares. No, that's guys... that's 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 European football. Oh. American football is this oblong uh oblong ball that's uh, made of pigskin, believe it or not. And uh and then they they throw it, catch it and then kick it through these big uprights. Oh yeah, 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 I've seen that one. They run around and they smash each other into each other. Yes, um, and it seems like uh, chaos, but there's apparently some organization to it. Really? Oh. I, when I see all those Australians just screaming and yelling around that round field, it looks like there's no organization whatsoever. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough with the, the football then. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I care a little bit. I care a little bit about the 49ers. Yes, yes. I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope uh, Chuck, Chuck Party does well. <laughs> um, anyway... Bob, is, is it is it is it is it cocktail time now? Matthew? It is. It is cocktail because we time did the trivia, now. We did. We did the we trivia did question. We did the trivia question. I, I I know the answer to half of that question. All right. I, I know I know who played for the Niners and the Giants. I don't know who you're talking about for the other one, but well, right. I do because I read your answer. But before that, I didn't know that. Anyway, Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, today, believe it or not, folks, I'm drinking a tiki cocktail. No. Yes. Yes. And you know what? I mean, it's I don't think it's ever going to stop. I mean, there's just so many rums. There's just so many fun ways to to put uh, to put all the ingredients together. And you know what? I don't even have any cool tiki glasses and I haven't even really gotten into the garnish game. And I think, Matthew, there's some people that believe that is exactly all tiki is, is the glasses and the garnish. Yeah, you haven't done any like big old pineapple fronds and like chunks of pineapple and umbrellas and all that stuff yet. I've done I've done one chunk of pineapple and one pineapple frond. I did those on back to back weeks, I think. That's right, because you bought a pineapple. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. I did it from the same pineapple. (laughs) But anyway, this week I am uh, drinking a cocktail known as the Rum Firewalker, and I got it from a book. Uh, by uh, the author's name is Shannon Mustafer. I think I've I've used one of her cocktails in in the recent past. The name of the uh, the book is Tiki Modern Tropical Cocktails, and uh, the cocktail came from um, Jason Alexander. It was created by a bartender named Jason Alexander. Um, and she says it comes courtesy of Nick Ferris, founder of the Rum collective i want to know how i become a member of the rum collective how does that happen i'm sure it involves you paying some kind of money (laughs) oh oh you mean like you mean like the uh the gotham club (laughs) yes that's right like the gotham club (laughs) oh okay i get it it's pretentious and overpriced Uh, anyway, sorry the rum firewalker has three ounces of overproof jamaican rum Folks, I am not using my 138 proof um, rum for this one. Instead, I'm using Smith and Cross, which is only 112 proof, because it has three ounces, and I want to be awake by the end of the show. On top of that, it comes with an ounce of Campari. If you've been listening to the show, you know that this is a strange, unusual choice for me. I- I'm being daring. I'm going out on a limb. You know, let's hope it's not horrible. Uh, then it has an ounce of cinnamon syrup, homemade, of course. Uh, 
and then one ounce of fresh lime juice. You shake all of that in a shaker with ice, and then you strain it into a Collins glass over fresh ice, and you garnish it with mint and an edible flower. I have garnished mine with a cereal spoon with a toucan on it because I don't have any edible flowers. I've eaten them all. Just, you know, you're sitting around watching the game, you just snack on a few flowers. And then before you yeah, know it, they're gone. You know, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's what happens when, you know, you get tasty edible flowers. Um, well, this sounds interesting. Actually- this sounds like the cinnamon and the Campari, I think would be an interesting marriage there. They actually go together quite well. I mean, they're kind of like different notes, but they are um, similar in nature, right? Like, I, I, you know, one's kind of high level and one's kind of low level. And uh, the, the cinnamon helps mute the bite of the Campari. But I'm not going to lie, Matthew, the dominant note in this cocktail is definitely the overproof <laughs> rum. <laughs> I would hope so. Three ounces of overproof rum is going to do a lot yeah. of, going to be front yeah. and center there, I think. Yeah. So I'm nursing it now, but you all know how I get. <laughs> I think you'll be able to tell when, when the cocktail kicks in. There'll be a moment. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm drinking, Bob. The rum firewalker. Excellent. Excellent. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I, as I mentioned earlier, I am all in on the 49ers. Uh, I've been kind of playing around with some 49ers-inspired cocktails. I've put some recipes out every Sunday the last couple of weeks as uh, the 49ers were about to play, and I will probably present this one again uh, this week, maybe with another cocktail. Uh, it's called. It's originally called the Devil's Margarita, but I'm renaming it the 49ers Margarita. Uh, because uh, it looks red and white, and uh, and so which is kind of cool. So it's it starts out as a typical margarita. Uh, you get two ounces of blanco tequila, one and a quarter ounce of lime juice, an ounce of simple syrup or agave syrup. I have used both, and uh, both uh, work uh, really well in this cocktail. And instead of any triple sec or you know Cointreau or any other kind of orange liqueur that you'd put in there, you're gonna float three quarters of an ounce of red wine on top. And the way you float that is that you take a, the back of a spoon and you just lay it gently on top of the, the liquid and you pour slowly the three quarters of an ounce of red wine, or you can just eyeball it right from the bottle if you want, but just until enough that there's a thin layer of red wine floating on top. And the cool thing about this is that it doesn't eventually just seep down. It sits on top of this cocktail the entire time, unless you mix it together. Uh, so it looks great. It's got this bright dark red of like the 49er crimson red on top. And it's got this lighter whitish hue uh, on, on the bottom. And uh, it's an interesting take on a margarita. Uh, the, the red wine does provide that fruitiness that, uh, you know, generally the Cointreau or Triple Sec would offer. And I'm, I really like it. So uh, it's, a, it's a good option if you're looking to do something a little different and also want to celebrate the 49ers. So cheers, Ben. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Oh, no, wait. No, that's wrong, wrong time. Sorry. Oh, wrong time. Wrong time. Yep. Wrong time. Had it. <laughs> I love a red wine float. Folks, this is a really easy thing to master. And and nothing makes you feel like more accomplished as a bartender than doing that for the first time. It really creates some beautiful cocktails. And it's super easy to do. Uh, I, I would strongly recommend. If, if you're bored, if you need a little pick-me-up, 
you know, you're failing at life, go make a cocktail with a red wine float on it and, and you'll feel a little less pathetic. Yep. The, another one that's uh, pretty popular is the New York Sour. And, mm. uh, and that one also calls for red wine float um, and uh, also looks very 49er-ish. So uh, either one. And I think I left a recipe on that on our Twitter page and, and Instagram page a while back. So you can look at that as well. New York Sour. Very good. All right. Well, we should probably talk about baseball. Yeah, let's do it. So I, I do have a question for you. Mm. So today, you know, uh, Scott Rowland was yes. elected uh, by the writers to uh, be an inductee into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And as you may know, Jeff Kent was in his final year of eligibility this year. Yes. And I know when he was a giant, there was no better second baseman in baseball. Uh, at least offensively, uh, when when he was playing, uh, he won an MVP award with the Giants, uh, and uh, you know, with along with Bonds, was uh, an amazing one-two punch for the Giants in the mid '90s. And I feel Late like 90s. what's that? Late '90s. Late '90s. Okay, uh, but I feel he got jobbed, man. I feel like looking at Scott Rowland. And Jeff Kent compared. Let me let me let me read you batting averages on base and slugging, and you tell me who the Hall of Famer is. All right. All right. I'm so ready. player A, a two eighty one batting average, three sixty four on base, and a four ninety slugging. Player two is a two ninety batting average, three fifty six on base, and a five hundred slugging. Who who sounds like the better the better player well, there? I mean, they they sound they sound a little bit. They sound very similar. Okay, quite okay, okay. Fair enough. But, fair enough. So, player A also hit 316 home runs. That's pretty good. Player B 377 home runs. Oh, that's better. And uh, player A 1,287 RBI. Player B 1,518. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How how long did they play? Uh, so player A played uh, what sixteen years. Um, player B played uh, sixteen years. Well, I, I I would expect Matthew that uh, that the the one with uh, well, I would say they're both comparable. Quite honestly, um, one of them was a third baseman, right? Wasn't Roland yes. mostly a third baseman? Roland was, so that I didn't want to say that by giving it away, but yes, player A is Scott Rowland, player B is is Jeff Kent, and Scott Rowland as a third baseman hit 316 home runs. Jeff Kent as a second baseman hit 377. Um, OPS plus, not a lot of difference. Scott Rowland 122 career OPS plus, Jeff Kent 123 career OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but I mean, I think overall. Very comparable players, and uh, and arguably Jeff Kent at his position was a better player than Scott Rowland at his position. I think if you put Scott Rowland's numbers up against most of the third basemen in the Hall of Fame, and I would bet that he uh, is is towards the bottom, and uh, which is surprising. Like so, I think Jeff Kent deserved to be a Hall of Famer. And I was never like I'm not a Jeff Kent apologist or anything like that. But I think if you just look at his numbers. I feel like if if Scott Rowland's getting in, Jeff Kent should get in as well. Let's see. Scott Rowland was the highest that he ever finished in the MVP voting was fourth. 
in in t- 2004. Um, he was the rookie of the year, his rookie season, but that really hardly matters. Uh, Jeff Kent, uh, well, he won an MVP. He also finished eighth and ninth and 13th. And sixth. <laughs> and sixth. Uh, I mean, clearly the more dominant player. He won the MVP award during Barry Bonds' reign and also was on the same team as Bonds when he won it. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that Jeff Kent was the more accomplished player during that period of time. Uh, you know, I, I will say, like, I know this is a giant show and, and, and we're supposed to be, but I, you know, we're supposed to be pro-giant. And I definitely think that Jeff Kent deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think this is definitely a huge oversight. I will say this. Scott Rowland's defense, his defensive war is significantly higher than Jeff Kent's. But when do when do voters look at defense? When when voting well, tell me one time that the voters have been like, "Oh, this guy's a great defensive player. He deserves to be in the hall." Never, Ben, never. Correct. Correct. Well, Ozzy Smith. So don't, but oh, Okay, but well, Ozzy Smith also did backflips on the field and he was a heck of a guy <laughs> and everybody loved him. And so that that was more of it, right? He was a great yeah. guy. And just like Je- Scott Rowland was a great guy, uh and Jeff Kent probably was a little abrasive in, I'm thinking in the locker room with these reporters and they remember that. Oh, Scott Rowland was the the guy next door and uh, Jeff Kent was a big crank. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely the truth. I mean, Jeff Kent was a guy that nobody liked, right? Rubbed everybody the wrong way. And Scott Rowland, you know, everybody wanted him to marry their daughter. And, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, that's probably what what swayed these people. I don't honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Scott Rowland made it at all. And he barely made it. Uh, and if you ask me, like, you know, what scenario would I think is most likely? I think the scenario that I thought was most likely to happen is, is that neither of them would make it. Yeah. Right. Especially given the way that the voters are voting right now. The Hall of Fame voters are voting right now. They're they're being very, very stingy. They're being very, very judgmental around things that aren't about baseball. And um, and quite honestly, I think Scott Rowland is one of those guys that is close, but not quite. And um uh, I, I'm really surprised that that he made it in. I think it's it's doubly damning to have somebody like Jeff Kent on the ballot at the same time as him and have him finish 20 points behind him. Um, you know, Je- Kent topped out at 56%. I will say this. I mean, 56% is still more than half. So, so more than half of the voters feel like Jeff Kent should have been a Hall of Famer. Now, you have to get to 75% to get in. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I feel like right now the hall of fame process and voting is just really, really broken. I think people are not factoring in the most important thing, which is how dominant was the player relative to his peers at the time that he played. And, you know, like how much did people talk about him and know who he was and i you know i think that goes whether you like the guy or not right if you're talking about him all of the time you know that he's an important dominant player like clayton kershaw is a good player he's famous right he is somebody that giants fans are aware of we all hate him (laughs) right you know 
we all, you know, we all wouldn't care if, uh, you know, he got stung by a bee. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. But point <laughs> is, point is, like, you know, the point is that he's that doesn't change the fact that he has he was one of the dominant pitchers of his era and uh, and was, you know, was extremely notable. And I think right now the Hall of Fame is 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 really analyzing these players at a much different angle, which is like they have to be good at baseball, but they also have to be squeaky, squeaky clean. And and not just at life, right? I mean, okay, fine. Like I, I disagree with all of the uh, suspected steroid users not being voted in, but I understand the people who aren't voting for that. Not voting for people just because you didn't like their personality. I don't get that at all. And that's really what this feels like here. Like you look at these two players, and they really seem comparable. Um. You know, I don't know. And and I and yes, when it comes down to defense, I think that's really the only defense here, ironically. Knock on wood, <laughs> pun, whatever. Uh, pun intended. Uh, the only defense is the defense. And I think you're absolutely right. Writers usually don't vote people in for their great defense. And, and really, that's just cover in this particular case. Um, but I will say this, you know, uh, Scott Rowland was a very, very good third baseman. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff, Jeff Kent was an average... Second baseman, right? He wasn't bad. Right. He just wasn't great. And and that does, I think, account for the significant difference. The, the, sorry, the difference in their war, right? So totally, Scott Rowland, totally. Yeah, the Scott defense. Rowland, yeah. And, and I, it used to be, I think, that writers took into account the position that the player played. Uh, you know, there was, you know, a, a catcher, for example, isn't held to the same standard as as another player because they play fewer games or or whatever and and I feel like uh you know center fielders and and all that I I don't know I just I'm I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me to back it up but it just feels like all of a sudden we're holding player like a second base second base should be a position where you know there has been nobody like very few maybe Joe Morgan type, you know, kind of player uh compared to Jeff Jeff Kent and his offense. And so if we're not if we're if we're kind of not giving him credit for for doing that at the second base position, it just seems wrong. And uh and I feel like we've we've done the writers have done that in the past. They've taken into account what the position uh entailed. And so I just I just I'm and and you're right. I think the 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 voting process for the Hall of Fame has become kind of farcical you know it's you, you've got a bunch of guys who are sitting in their their thrones you know passing judgment on players and it's not all about the numbers it's not all about how good of a player it was it was how good of an interview you gave and and i you know to me that's like you know i don't know and like you said even the steroid stuff, okay, maybe, yeah, there's, I could see why people would kind of draw a line in the sand, even though I don't agree with it. Uh, I just, for, for someone like Jeff Kent, who was never under that suspicion to have put up the numbers he did at second base, and then to have someone like Scott Rowland get in just seems like uh, a travesty, and I and I, I, I feel like they got it wrong. Definitely got it wrong, without a doubt. I, you know, I, I don't even understand why why we're doing this anymore. You know, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, the interesting thing about the Hall of Fame, right? I've been to the Hall of Fame in, in Cooperstown, and I didn't really care to see all the plaques of the Hall of Famers. 
the cool part about it was the exhibits around the different the history of the game. And that's what it is. It's a museum. You know, right. it's a, it's a museum, the history of baseball and I really enjoyed my time at Cooperstown and kind of going through as a baseball fan and seeing all the history that was there and and uh and and so let's just go back to that. The Hall of, you know, it's a museum of baseball and you know whether they elect you into the Hall of Fame or not doesn't really hold the clout that it used to in my mind. No, I agree. I, I think they're putting way too much emphasis on on all of these other things and not yeah, not remembering that it's a yeah, a memory of uh, sorry, a museum of baseball, right? Not a museum of all of these other things. And uh, you know, I I know that it's it it's probably never gonna go away because it's just a thing that we do and you know, it's it's a thing that's done in all the other sports and but right now it just feels like they're getting it wrong. And uh, I, I think you should just go to some sort of, you know, other methodology, right, where where you don't get voted in. You just qualify because, I don't know, you were the MVP. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to me like a guy who who was the MVP and finished in the top 10 in MVP voting four times total um, was probably one of the dominant players of his day. And uh, and. And therefore should be commemorated and remembered, uh, as opposed to a guy who who was always not quite as good as people always thought he was going to be. Maybe Oops. that's what's going yeah. on here, right? Because Roland was always supposed to be, right, like this guy who was going to break through and be be the dominant player, and and he was he was very very good. I'm looking at his OPS run right now, and he was he was very good for a long stretch, but he was rarely great. Mm. I mean, I'm looking at 2003 and 2004 was probably his dominant portion of his career. Everything else is, is, is 120s, which don't get me wrong, a 122 OPS plus for a 17-year career is fantastic. But it's not, you know, it's, it's not dominant and uh, and and certainly he was consistent for 17 years, but he was he was rarely dominant. And um, I don't know. I mean, to me, he's he's just one of those guys that barely makes it. But again, I agree. Like if if he makes it, Jeff Kent should make it, too. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at OPS plus and look at both of them. And, and Scott Rowland had some great years. Uh, Barry, uh, sorry, Jeff Kent did not really get going on on the offensive side until he joined the Giants. Uh, he was a slightly above average offensive player his first, gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years in the league. Uh, even his first year with San Francisco, he never had an OPS plus above uh, 111. Uh, and most of them were in the 100 to 105 range uh, those first few in number of years. And then from, from the second year with the Giants on... He was elite, you know, 142, 125, 162 in his MVP year. Uh, you know, just some really, some really great OPS plus numbers um, when you look at it down the board uh, later in his career, which I don't know, maybe that hurt him too. Maybe he, you know, he got going a little too late. To, in yeah, some maybe ways. they just felt like he wasn't consistent enough across his entire career. Like maybe that's what it is, is that Roland was more consistent. His peaks weren't as high, but his, his his career was more consistent. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, to be devil's advocate, 
I suppose there are arguments that you could make where Roland gets in and Jeff Kent doesn't. But it seems a little, I don't know, it still rubs me the wrong way. It still rubs me the wrong way, especially for a guy like Kent, who during that stretch of his, his career was so dominant. Um, but, you know, the, I think the problem is, is Matthews, is we don't know why. And probably, you know, no one person could tell us. And if you go talk to more than half of the voters, they would all say, agree with us that Jeff Kent should be in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, I also wonder, you, you talk about it's 50 plus percent. I, I was doing a little reading on on some of the voter strategies and how they kind of vote. And you only get a certain number of votes. And I can't remember how many it is off the top of my head, but they're they 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 what they'll do is they'll decide, well, this person doesn't have a chance to make it in and I want to use my vote somewhere else to maybe keep them alive in the hall of fame voting or whatever. And so they won't necessarily vote for the guy, even though they think he's a hall of famer because they know he doesn't have the support and they'd rather support someone else. So all this whole voting and politicking and stuff, just, just kind of, it just, it just seems wrong. And if you got to do that, if, you know, why limit the votes? Why? I mean, you should just and I think they did that specifically for the steroid users. Uh, and and because I don't think it was always that case. Uh, but now when you've only got a certain number of votes and you want to spread those around and, you know, why would you waste your vote on a guy, you know, on a guy, you know, is not getting in. So all that stuff just kind of makes me like hold up my nose. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of done with the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 also looking at Scott uh sorry, at Todd Helton who who is I think has one more year of eligibility. Um and asking why is he not in compared to to Roland? And because and they've decided that Colorado is an unfair advantage and you shouldn't be a Hall of Famer if you play for Colorado. That's right. what they've decided. Well, I mean, that's what the, you know, the holier than thou writers think that they know better and just should punish a guy because he spent his career in Colorado. Well, there you go. There, there it is. And if Scott Rowland makes it next year, it's because we said it. Todd Helton. Sorry. Sorry, Todd Helton. Yes. Scott Rowland already made it. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to him. He's had a great career. I, I, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I don't want to I don't want to take away from Scott Rowland, but I just feel like, gosh, if Scott Rowland is in, then Jeff Kent should be in, too. Agreed. Agreed. Like I said, though, I, I think the most likely scenario was that that neither of them would make it. Right. Uh, and quite honestly, I'm a little surprised that he did. Yeah. And, you know, I always back in the day, I heard the argument that this is a Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, you know, right. and, and I feel like Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Very Good. Yeah. And I just don't remember him being that guy that everybody was like, oh, he's so great. It was no, always that. He wasn't was, somebody that you wanted his baseball card. He wasn't somebody that you like had to, you know, to, to go watch. You bought a ticket to go see play. Right. I mean, right. Well, it wasn't I, like, oh, Scott Rowland's coming to town. We got it. We got to go buy tickets. I think he was the guy that everybody said was going to be so great. You know, so you think that carried through to his his whole career, the 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 talk. (laughs) Yeah, I think the talk. Right, he's like, you know, I think the talk, the hype around Scott Rowland was always bigger than the than the play, and um and and you know he was always on the cusp of of being that MVP, but never was, and um and and maybe that finally carried through, or you know, I don't know, he 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 reminds me of a. I want to look at Edgar Martinez here real quick. It's another one of these guys that like, well, Edgar Martinez is better than Scott Rowland. Although he was only a DH. But didn't finish as high. Well, because he was a DH. 
poor DHs don't get me. Anyway, the whole thing's <laughs> messed up, man. Like, the whole thing's broken. The whole thing's right. broken. Like, I, you know, I think it sucks for Kent that he's not in. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I think a large part of the reason why Kent's not in is right. is because of his personality. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us into this next thing by 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 taking the first season that Jeff Kent played with the Giants. His OPS plus was 105, so that's five percent okay. better than league average, right? And he still finished that year eighth in the MVP voting. Okay, so uh, a very good year, I think, by eyeball standards. He he hit uh, he hit 250, but he had 121 RBIs and 29 home runs that year even though his OPS plus was only 105. Uh, so standard numbers liked him. Looks like advanced metrics said, okay, he was just slightly above average. But my point is, is that Zips, uh, the Zips projections from uh, Fangraphs came out this, this, this week with the Giants and basically said that we've got a lot of players that have a 105 OPS plus kind of ceiling uh or projection i should say and 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 if you are you saying the, we have a roster full of jeff kent's that's yes theoretically <laughs> uh and 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 you certainly mitch hanniger michael conforto yaz could all hit 29 home runs and drive in 121 rbis absolutely they could because they i think some of them have right uh <laughs> Uh, but the Zips projections, of those of you who don't know, is uh, a, a Fangraphs puts out this uh, guy named Dan Samborski, who is this data guy, uh, puts out his projections based on computer models that kind of predict what everyone's going, what every team and their individual players are going to do going into each season. And the Giants have a bunch of players. And we're not going to get into the details. You can go look it up if you want. Uh, but a lot of guys that are kind of slightly above average. In that 103 to 105 OPS plus kind of projections, and uh, probably up and down the lineup. I mean, and so, which is interesting because you know the, uh, before the season, well during the off season, obviously the Giants knew that they needed to get better uh, at certain positions, but they also needed somebody in the middle of the lineup that could really provide the 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 thump, right, for lack of a better term, and and they tried. Tried, we all know, documented Aaron Judge, you know, Carlos Correa, whatever, uh, and yet still had to kind of pivot. And so it seems like they're trying to run it back with 2021 again, right? So let's go and find all of these above average players that have some upside that have also struggled with injuries or whatever. And let's see if we can find lightning in a bottle twice, right? Um, so my question to you, Ben, is what is better to have a nine guys on a team who are slightly above average or to have, you know, you're, you're throwing some average or below average players, but one guy in the middle that really makes a difference. I think, well, that's, I mean, that's the perennial question, right? And I, I, I think that we're going to, we're going to find out. Um, I think conventional wisdom says you want, you want the guys that, that can consistently perform and are going to hit, you know, you want the, the Correas and the Judges and, uh, you know, the Tatises and the Sotos and the Machados and the everybody else on the Padres, um, you know, because that consistency is just it's more reliable. Right. Like, I, I think when you have a bunch of guys who whose ceiling is lower, uh, they tend to to um, 
be less consistent. And the problem is, is that that can create very, very uh, high peaks and valleys in terms of output. Right. So you can have all three of them go into, let's say you have Conforto, Yastrzemski and and Hanniger all go into slumps at the same time. And and you're just going to lose every game when that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, but but somebody like Correa or Judge or players who are more consistent and less prone to going into, therefore, those slumps, like everybody goes into slumps. But the reason why guys have better stats is because they perform more consistently. Right. They are just consistently better. And when you're consistently better, your team has less lapses in output. So I, I would say I would say I would rather have a big superstar uh, in the middle of the lineup who I can rely in day in and day out. And by the way, I've seen it. Right. We <laughs> saw this with with probably the biggest outlier in the history of baseball in Barry Bonds. Like the Giants were never out of it. He changed the entire complexion of every game because he was always performing at a yeah. high level. I and, got a question for ask you, though, yeah. on that. Uh, how many World Series did they win with Barry Bonds? Uh, that would be that would be zero. Right. So that, that would be zero. Yes. And so I mean, as much as you pains you to say that, right? Because I, you know, and, and they were close. We all know that they were close to winning a World Series uh, six outs away, maybe. Uh, but something else interesting is, would you consider Jeff Kent that type of player, middle of the order kind of bat guy that uh, kind of like, obviously, let's take Bonds out of this because he was he was a unicorn. But would the Jeff Kent and his prime player be the type of player that 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 would kind of anchor an offense. Yes, I think every team would love to have him today, but you'd probably right. want one other guy, right? Well, sure, sure, but like yeah. so, Jeff Kent's as we talked about, his OPS plus career wise was one twenty three. Michael Conforto's OPS career OPS plus is one twenty four. Mitch Hanniger's career OPS plus is one twenty two. Um, so. Yeah. You know, we 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 kind of have poo-pooed these transactions because they weren't Aaron Judge and they weren't Carlos Correa, but conceivably we've just added two guys that could hit at the Jeff Kent level. What are you trying to say, Matthew? Are you trying? I'm to trying say to say that, that uh, that's not bad, Ben. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. 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 And I and you. I get that. I mean, these are also players though that have obviously had some injury problems. Uh, uh, and so, you know, you're kind of, that's the big caveat, right? Like if they're healthy, the big, if, you know, pending physicals or if they're healthy, then we are, uh, a, we have a pretty solid offensive middle of the lineup. Uh, and, and so that's the big, I think for me going into 2023 is gosh, if Hanniger and Conforto can stay healthy through the whole year and hit their career numbers, uh, yeah, I'll take that. Two years ago, uh, Hanniger's OPS Plus was 139. Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, um, and then Conforto's high on OPS Plus was two years ago was 154. That was in the shortened season. But uh, he in 2017, he had a 148 OPS Plus. I mean, those are, those are excellent seasons. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that, uh, that, that probably they're counting on, you know, them rebounding and, and providing that level of offense. I would say they're hoping for rather than counting on. But uh, no, I mean, I, look, this team is not as bad as as probably it feels after the offseason that we we just had. Right. I, I will agree with that. Like 
we we just had a very emotionally trying off season and it didn't meet our expectations and so it kind of feels like the team itself is bad um in the same way that the team of 2022 felt like it was bad it wasn't bad right right my concern here is it's just not good right like I, 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 I think we're putting a lot of a lot of hope on players who who have not who are coming off of injury or have been very inconsistent in their performance. Yes, they've had these great outputs, but you know, Hanniger hit one had a one thirty nine OPS plus in twenty eighteen, right? He's been good since then. After missing the twenty twenty season, he was a one twenty two and then a one fourteen, but he only played fifty seven games last year. Right. Right. You know, Conforto missed all of last year. And in 2021, he had an OPS of 100, you know, ostensibly because he was injured. Right. And um, and and he played 125 games that season. You know, his his great season of 20 it was in 2017, which was six years ago. Right. So it's. It's. um. Uh, you know, I, I I look at all of these things and I say it's not like it's not like the Giants haven't done a good job bringing in guys with significant upside. It's just that they haven't brought in guys who are sure things, right? Right. And right. and we don't and 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 as a result of that, we don't know what's going to happen next year. And what I suspect will happen is that we will have something very very similar to what we saw in twenty twenty two. But the reason I think that will happen is because of the defensive issues, because I don't think the Giants have gotten a lot better on defense. And well, they also haven't. they lost. Well, and they lost uh, they lost Rodon. And I don't know that they've really replaced him. And everybody keeps talking about Kyle Harrison. But Kyle Harrison is not going to pitch the full season. And he has to be a rookie of the year candidate in order to match Rodon. And we don't know that he's going to do that either. So I think the starting rotation has had a big loss. The defense hasn't gotten much better. So we're really hoping that the offense will make up for both of those things. Well, I, I think the Giants are not hoping to have a good defensive team. They are hoping to have an average defensive team. And I think they are hoping that the players that they have will regress to the mean uh, that they've shown throughout their careers. And because certainly they didn't make any changes in the infield for the better. I mean, none, not one, right? Everybody who's going to play for the infield in 2023 was on the team in 2022. So there's there's no change there. Uh, I guess you're you're pulling out uh, uh, you're pulling out uh, Jock Peterson out of left field is probably the biggest change that we're making the defense, and that's a big change because he played a lot <laughs> of games in left he did. field. He and, did. And so and I, I have memories in my head of him like lumbering after balls that are falling like five feet away from him as he's chasing them. Right. So I I got to think that, you know, you and with baseball, it's weird because like five extra caught balls could mean the difference between, you know, a, a full earned run over a season. I mean, it's like, you know, guys, if you, the people are on base and it's two outs and a guy doesn't get to a ball and all of a sudden the the pitchers let up three or four runs and it's just, you know, that's... So I, I think that the defense, at least in the outfield, is going to be good enough. I do have my concerns uh, about uh, the infield, 
uh, particularly if Crawford gets hurt. Uh, and, and, but I think that with VR, VR showed that he was a perfectly capable, uh, defensive player. If he struggles there, then maybe we see Casey Schmidt at some point, you know, in the season. I think there are remedies there. Uh, the pitching though, you're right. I mean, there's not, there's not a lot you can do to replace Rodon. Uh, except by having capable pitchers. And who knows, maybe they're going to do their magic and Manea all of a sudden his slider is going to find that bite and, uh, you know, Stripling's going to, you know, going to find like another mile per hour on his fastball or something. And all of a sudden we've got, you know, an elite, you know, rotation. But I think the Giants are being realistic in that the third wild card is good enough, you know, and that's what, 87 wins maybe? And so, yeah, they could be slightly above average. They could play average baseball, eight, 500 baseball for most of the season, get a little hot at the end and sneak in. And then, and then you just hope that, okay, let's hope that Webb and, uh, I don't know who's our number two insert, insert guy's name here. You know, I think his name enough. is, I don't know who's our number two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's literally his name yeah because <laughs> they're all going to be the same right they're all going to be guys that will you know could be slightly above average give you well, five or six innings and uh which is not that's not bad it's not a bad no. thing to have those types of pitchers because i think a lot of teams would like that uh, but you're not getting the shut down one two ace and ace one and ace two kind of thing that we've had the last couple of years right yeah i mean you, yeah there's no it's not gosman and webb like we had in the in, in the second half of 2021 and it's not it's not Webb and, and Rodon like we had, at, you know, at times in 2022. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, you're right. This team definitely could cobble together 87 wins, snag the last wild card, and then at that point, all bets are off, right? They absolutely could do that. Um, and that's what they're going to do, Ben. <laughs> Okay, that's the way it's gonna work. Sure, sure, Matthew. Sure, and 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 then we're all gonna reward Farhan Zaidi for that. Uh, you know, well, and that's, I. But that's 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 the reality of today's baseball. You know, I mean, three wild cards, Ben, rewards mediocrity. It really does. That's okay. So you're saying we should just be mediocre. I'm just saying that's the world that we live in. And, you know, wow. if, if that's the way baseball wants to go, then that's what that's the world that it, we're living in. Well, I will tell you this. I, 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 I know that the three Giants teams that did win the World Series, um, they were really, really good at starting pitching. And, um, and, and they had a bunch of they had lineups that were cobbled together, particularly yeah. in 2010. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, but also I think a little bit into 2012 and, you know, but it really was the starting pitching that carried them through those those postseasons. Right. And and, you know, I, I think particularly, you know, Lincecum in, in 2010. And then, of course, we all know what what um, Bumgarner did in 2014. And uh, I, I feel like that's really where they're mostly lacking. And I also know that, you know, it. It's the old adage, Matthew. Pitching and defense wins championships, and the Giants—they ain't got it. You know? Are you sure so, that's the old adage? You're not, it's not like a slightly above average offense wins championships. I thought I heard that <laughs> once. 
Uh, it, or is it? Oh no, no, it's slightly above average uh, offense makes your team interesting for 150 games. I think maybe <laughs> right, that's right, that's right. that's the old adage. Maybe that's... I think I think what they're saying is a slightly above average pitching staff and a slightly above average offense makes up for a slightly below average defense, as long as nobody gets really hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's almost yeah. like that. I've been helping my daughter with sixth grade math, and it's like A plus 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 B plus is greater than C plus or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely if a train leaves St. Louis uh, going 50 miles an hour and a, and, a, and a satellite falls from the sky at a thousand miles an hour, you know, how many cocktails does it take to get Ben drunk? <laughs> that is definitely that is definitely the kind of roster that we've put together. Um, I will say this. I, I believe that this roster could do something special. Right. It is possible. That's not going to be my um, that's not going to be my guess. I think it's more like we're going to be fighting with the Diamondbacks for third place. Mm. While while the Padres and Dodgers are fighting for first place and and we're lucky if we get that third wild card spot. And if somebody does get hurt, that is significant. The season's over. That's how I think it's actually going to go. We'll give more accurate predictions when we get closer to opening day. But I, I think that's how it's going to go. But I absolutely believe that this team could prove me wrong. And and again, I think that is what Farhan Zaidi has been good at. He has been good at putting per, you know competitive teams on the field while we rebuild. The problem is he sucks at rebuilding. and And it hasn't happened yet. And I don't, and it doesn't really look like it's happening. I mean, maybe the miners could just surprise us by having a really good up year after having a really bad down year. But um, that's what's going to happen, Ben. You you, yeah. you just wait. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you just wait because then you know, D, you know Casey Schmidt and uh, Kyle Harrison yeah. and all those guys will come up and make an impact, and your drunk butt will be all like, "Oh yeah, I knew it all along." <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll eat my crow. I'll eat my crow. But I will say this. Like, I'm not going to buy tickets for opening day, right? I'm right. not going to be there in April. I will be there in July if the Giants are winning. So, yeah, prove me wrong. But I am not going to be there early. I am not going to reward this front office and this ownership team oh, that's fair. For, for, for doing all of this stuff. Unless. Unless. Yes. They invite me to the Gotham Club. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the Gotham Club, for those of you who don't know, is this like bar kind of seating area behind the right field, bleach, right underneath the right field arcade. And uh, you can see you're on field level and you're the, it's right there. And um, you have to kind of, I don't know, you got to know somebody, I think, or have a lot of money to be in there. But Ben and I looked it up and 75 people at 200 bucks a piece would rent that place out for a game. So we've got way more than that of weekly weekly listeners. I say way more. We've got a little bit more than that on, on weekly listeners. <laughs> I and like, I uh... think if all of you listening right now, if you are down for 200 bucks, tweet at us on Twitter and we can all like just, you know, try and get the Gotham Club rented out for one of the games this year because I think that's what we're all that's all we want. That's all yeah. I want, Ben, is, I mean, I, I, you know, the Giants could suck it this year. I don't care. But if I see a game from the Gotham Club, that season will be, will be, um, complete. So you're definitely. saying, you're saying, you're saying the giant cocktails, I don't want to call it an army, rabble. 
You're saying you're saying if the giant cocktails rabble gets together and pulls their money, we can we can reserve the Gotham Club. Tell you what, folks, I'll drop it down to 185. If everybody pitches in 185, I'll cover the rest. I I think the Giants would turn us away, Matthew. I I think they would say thank you, but no thank you. Oh, uh, you think so? In that are we particular that, are we case, that much of a degenerate? Like I, I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, you know what? Actually, no. That's, I can that's, clean no. up pretty good. You know I what? can no. clean up pretty good. No, no, money's money. They'll take the money. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They'll, they'll they'll take the money. And I know. And I know Bryce and Mark and some of those others that are out there listening. Shout out to you, Mark. And I, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, hey, they, you know, they could they they would they would do us proud. Like I think yeah. we could represent pretty well. Well, you know, it, yeah, I yeah. I, they definitely would take our money because they got campaigns to spend it on for sure. Are you sure that it's in the? I guess it is in the left field. I, I never, right field. Sorry, sorry, right field. sorry. Uh, right field. That's what I meant. That's what I said. They've got a bowling alley, which is amazing because, like, they know how bad the baseball team is. Why would you? <laughs> why would you want to watch the baseball team play baseball when when you could bowl? Right. Right. Like, and, where are you going bowling? Oh, I'm going bowling at, yeah. at Oracle. Yeah, right. Like that's just that's weird. Well, I mean, okay, so so we, we we are running up against the hour, but in you know we're we're joking about the Gotham Club thing, or are we? But um, Matthew, is there anything that the Giants could do to 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 get you to go to a game in April or May? Besides, like you know, besides yes. like reaching out to you, you know, I mean, to any fan, what what could they do to convince any fan to show up? Better cocktails. better cocktails. Better cocktails. That's it. Yes, definitely better cocktails. Yeah, because at the at the club level, we we've tried out those bars on both ends, and you know those guys are all they're nice enough and everything like that, but it's like they've never even made a cocktail. Like they're they they're like what's bitters, you know? And and so it would be nice <laughs> if 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 they had actual bartenders back there that could actually create a drink. That would so be you, wonderful. You're saying you're saying craft cocktails could get you Ex- to okay. Okay. Yes, yes, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll go down to my local bar for that. So if I could watch a ball game and have a good cocktail, then, then yeah, I'd get there. Yeah. Why? You, you have a different answer? Well, no, I, that definitely that would be it for me. Craft cocktails would definitely get me to go. Like if they sent me an email and they're like, "Hey Ben, we have the most magnificent craft cocktails," I'd be like, "I'm season tickets." Yeah. But, but, but also, you know what would be cool is what? anything cool. <laughs> like something different, something, something different, like something a drone scene for the last 20 years. <laughs> you know, what would be cool. Like instead of like, instead of like the stupid, uh, boat racing thing, how about drone racing? Oh yeah. Yeah. A drone racing, like with real drones around the stadium. Um, you know what? I know, I know what you're thinking. What if the drones crash into each other, fall and hit a fan? Okay. First of all, put netting over the fans. Yeah, or you know, second just of all, buy better insurance. Second of all, yeah, because you can afford it because you didn't spend that money on Correa or Judge. <laughs> you know, that's the question nobody asks, Matthew. Where does that money go that they're not spending on our free agents? Don't say campaigns. <laughs> please, it's, it's, please, God, it, do not say the words Herschel or Walker. <laughs> Well, that's probably where some of it's going. <laughs> your favorite, uh, your favorite Republican candidate. But, Do you think uh, he could swing a bat? By the way, Herschel Walker. Yeah, 
Oh, sure. I bet, he, I bet you if you got behind one, he could put it over the fence. Oh, yeah. He was like Bo Jackson. You know, you know yeah, he could, he could pull he, Bo was, Jackson. Didn't he try to make the Olympics? Was that Herschel Walker that did that? I want to say in the, in the, in the Winter bobsled? Olympics, though. Maybe bobsled, it was bobsledding. Right? Bobsledding. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a Lolo Jones kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Lolo Jones actually won some medals out of it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, that guy will try to do anything. <laughs> well, for yeah. A gig. For a gig. <laughs> anyway, like, yes. Uh, drone shows. You know what? Better food. Cooler food. Robot delivered food. That's it. Robot delivered food that actually tastes good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a hot pot place that where my hot pot food was delivered by a robot. Robot took my order. Nice. Um, every bathroom seat had a bidet. Hmm. I, I, I try. I try to avoid using the the toilets in uh, Oracle, to be honest. But um, wow, urinals what if they, I'm good. Ur- urinals what? I'm good, but I try to avoid that other the the, the toilets. You know, they could that's... have. They could have cooler bathroom technology. They, they could to make you actually be okay to go to the bathroom there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just anything, anything, right? <laughs> just, just something. And, and let's also have a marketing tagline that is not written by Gabe Kapler. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like the marketing department just mailed that one in. They're like, I want... Oh, we forgot a hashtag this year. What are we going to call it? And they're like, Oh, Gabe Kapler said that thing. And they're like, Oh yeah, let's go with that. And I feel like that's, you know, maybe, maybe actually get a better marketing department. Maybe that's, uh, you know, something or PR. Well, they're going to need cause... one. They're going to need one because yes, the, because we're not buying tickets. In the baseball, <laughs> yeah. Because the baseball side did nothing to help them. And, uh, you know, you, you, there are maybe somebody who went and got a four year degree in marketing can come up with something a little bit better than game up. <laughs> That's right. We'll have to, we'll come up with our own next week. We'll, 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 we'll have some, uh, some options. You know, what we should do, Matthew is while we're also roasting the giants for their performance on the field, we should also be roasting the marketing team for their performance. Yes. Yes. Cause those are the ones probably listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be the only, uh, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I feel like that might be the only thing worth looking at. All right. But All right. Well, we'll see how that defense turns out. <laughs> All right. Well, we are against the hour, and we do need to answer our trivia quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you recall, the question was, Bo Jackson. who is the only person ever to play for both the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco 49ers? And then a follow-up question is, which legendary athlete also helped the Giants win the National League pennant in 1912? I meant Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, yes. No. Mm-hmm. Close. 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 I don't even know who Bo Burnham is. I don't know how close you are. Wow. Don't even know who Bo Burnham is? No. Yeah. He's like uh, he's like a millennial comedian, so his jokes are sad. Oh. His jokes oh. are his jokes are sad rather than funny. But I just know the Nate Bargatze guy. He's pretty funny too. All right, all right. So so answer. You said you knew one of them. I did know. I do know one of them. Prime time. Deion Sanders, also the only player, the only human to have ever played in the World Series and the Super Bowl. Yeah, and actually played pretty well for both San Francisco teams. If you if you look at uh, his his career totals, uh, he had one season in San Francisco in 1995. He it was only uh, 214 at bats uh, in 52 games, but he batted 285. With a 346 on base and a 444 slugging with an OPS plus of 112. He had a good season for the Giants that year. And then, that was what, 95? And then on the football side, 
Uh, in '94, he played for the uh, for the for the 49ers and was only the defensive player of the year that year. Uh, his only year in San Francisco. Uh, so um, you, you keep saying his only year. He had two seasons in San Francisco. What and what? For the Giants or the 49ers? Oh, well, combined. Two seasons, yes. Two seasons, yes. One season each in in each sport. That is true. And then the follow-up question was, which player helped uh, the Giants win the 1912 pennant? That was none other than Jim Thorpe. And uh, he was a free agent. Uh, He was uh, his his rights to a minor league team that owned him. uh, That team went under in like 1910 and so uh he was actually a free agent and he signed with the san francisco giants uh, they were a good team that year uh he did not play particularly well uh in the year he only batted 143 with a 167 on base and a Ooh. 229 slugging his ops plus was 11 <laughs> uh, so he didn't play great for the giants and i think helping them win the pennant was what maybe maybe a stretch to say i would say but, he hindered uh, them he hindered them <laughs> he, he barely kept them uh like he almost he almost prevented them from winning the pennant maybe i should say uh i'm sure he was a marketing ploy or whatever but he played 19 games for the giants in 1913 so uh and then he played two more seasons or you know two and a half more seasons after that so he was um he he played played with the Giants for three or four seasons. So his, his lifetime batting average was two fifty two. Um, yeah, he got a little better as he as he yeah. got. He, he, only, he, only, he only he only hit seven home runs, but that was during the dead ball era. So seven home runs is is fine. Yeah, he did. He had a he had a rather low RBIs. Man, baseball was weird back then. Yes, <laughs> baseball was weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty, pretty cool. One of the great one of the great all time athletes ever. Yeah, was yeah. a was so, a was a giant. So that's pretty cool. It is cool. All right, Ben. Uh, well, folks, uh, Bob, why don't you tell them where they can where they can find us? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails on Twitter and Instagram. Also on Mastodon. Uh, I, I don't really say a lot on Mastodon. I just throw up our our stuff. But if people start interacting with us on Mastodon, I'm there, man. I'm there. But maybe you're still in Muskland. I don't know. Uh, you know, Twitter hasn't fallen apart, so we're still over there. Uh, you know, give us a follow, give us a shout out, say hi in the DMs, whatever. It'd be great to connect with you. Um, yeah, slide into my DMs. That's wow, what I'm saying, ben. that's just you just begged for it. That's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't need any pictures of genitalia. I'm just saying. Ah, uh, God, what? Maybe what? send me a photo of your what, cocktail. What, that, what that happened? Oh, God. <laughs> I disavow everything. I want everybody to know that the Giant Cocktails Twitter account is actually just Matthew. Like, <laughs> like he has taken the name that includes me. <laughs> And he's somebody's got to do it because Ben would never do it, right? No. So, so don't be like saying that. Like, like, yeah, if I didn't do it, nobody would be doing it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I just Twitter is just a place where people go to complain and it's and just, celebrate and be together and like, you know. So, it's got its good and its bad. I, mm. I but I've met some good, some great fans through Twitter, and uh, I'm, 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 we're definitely having a lot of fun over there. So, give us a follow on there, uh, and uh, you know, remember to like. And review our podcast, rate and review, I guess, our podcast. Uh, that would be great if you could do that. We, we've we been saying that for the last like month or two, and, and frankly, no one's done it yet. So <laughs> if you follow us on Apple, go over to Apple and, and hit that little five-star button. If you even get you know, want to say why you like us, that would be great, too. It, it does help uh, you know, when people are looking at our, at our podcast. Listeners, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't condone shaming, 
but um, shame on you for not doing that. <laughs> like, get out there, write a review, you know, <laughs> tell them, tell, you know, here's a thing you could say. Say which brother you like better. <laughs> oh, that's going to be sorry for you, Ben. Just go out there. <laughs> just say, hey, I'll take it. I'll take the hits. I'll take the hits, baby. I'll take it. Just just go out there and just say just say which brother you like better. You know, I prefer Matthew because I have bad taste. You know, or whatever, whatever your logic or reasoning is, you know. Because he's a devastatingly handsome guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, do that. And uh, also, but also do that. I mean, do that because it does really help the show. But um, also tell your friends, you know, if you enjoy listening to us. I know, I know it can be hard to admit these things. <laughs> I listen to this podcast. These guys freaking uh, yeah, baseball. they're idiots. But I don't know. They they but maybe you hang me. out with people that might appreciate the same thing. That's so right. you know, there's a lot of idiots great. out there. So tell your friends. Did tell I your just, friends. Did I just call their friends idiots? Yeah, but they probably agree. I had three ounces of overproof overproof <laughs> rum today, folks. So. <laughs> We're getting them to the end here. We're trying. We're trying, folks. We're trying. All right. On that. Cheers, note- Matthew. Bye, everybody. <laughs> That's right. Cheers, Ben. <laughs> Quick, end it. Uh, cheers. We, we gotta do it the same way. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.